Hello and welcome to another episode of the Third and Gold podcast as we work our way through our mini-series dedicating an episode to every team in the NFL. This week, it is a team that I've got a slight soft spot for, for no other reason than the Minnesota Miracle. It's the Minnesota Vikings. And we are joined by Andy Henson from outside the huddle to talk us through the Vikings 2020 campaign, as well as free agency, the draft and his hopes for next year. Thank you for joining us, Andrew. Thank you, gents. Good to be in. How are you doing today? I'm good. Very good. And oh, Actually, I just forgot um, the quite forgettable, but uh, I am joined by Fred and Dan as well, in case anyone was wondering. They are here today, so... Hi, gents. I thought we were just going to listen in on YouTube having a chat yeah. and <laughs> carry on around us. No trouble. Yeah, I never forgot about you both. Um, but, yeah, anyway, let's get into it. Um, so, three tough games to start your season, Andy. Uh, Packers, Colts, Titans. What were you hoping for looking at those first three games? How did those games go? And, you know, what were you thinking after you lost all three? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I was, I was looking, uh, obviously in preparation for this, went right back over a bit bit of a, a recap of the games and I was laughing when I, when I went back to that Green Bay game first up because I wrote a piece for um, Paul, who is on our podcast, um, prior to that season talking about how trying to be impartial, we would win that division. Um, that's genuinely how I saw it uh, at the time. And that game was um, sobering, I think is the right word. Um, it was just a bit of a kind of snapshot of how the season was going to pan out early doors and we just looked so shell-shocked the whole thing was horrible because there was no crowd there Um, and to just get battered on your own turf like that by by them uh, it was was really uh, an eye-opening game Um, I didn't expect us to get anything from the Colts even maybe before Packers game aside, I, I did have them as being a really strong team last year. Um, that was just a bad game all around. We did nothing either side of the ball, three interceptions for Kirk. Um, and then week three, we lost by a point uh, to the Titans at home, you know, 17-9 up at half time. Um, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have lost that, but I think it was a last last second kick um, and at that stage you're kind of thinking maybe we should just tank the season <laughs> well in week four you go to the Texans they'd also lost their first three games and we know how the Texans are sort of doing their best to implode on themselves <laughs> um, but you're relatively confident going into that yeah I think that was a that was the um almost like the yardstick for, well, if we don't beat them, then we definitely need to tank the season. Um, maybe we beat them and it kickstarts something. Yeah, it was, it was it'd have been pretty bleak if we couldn't beat that team. And we, to be fair, they did push us closer than they should have done as well. Um, they had a, a late touchdown chalked off. I think Will Fuller caught one late on that was chalked off, uh, that was sort of debatable, but um, got the win anyway. Yeah, and then um, week four, you lost another game by one point, and that was, you know, made more difficult. I can't remember. Did you lose Dalvin Cook in week four, or did he start week five and 
went out of that. But obviously, he played a lot of the game without him, and Madison was your lead back there. So yeah, he, he went him. out. He went out in that game against um, Seattle, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it was funny because I was only watching that one back quite recently. It was, I was just flicking through Sky and it, they happened to be re-showing it. And uh, I texted a couple of friends saying I was watching it. I said, how the hell did we lose this game? Because, you know, we battered them for three quarters. Uh, really dominant performance. The, the game swung on that decision, didn't it? Whether you go for the... You kick the field goal or you go for the one yard... Know, I, I swung back and forth on that and still do to be honest but it's even more painful when you watch your back um, yeah we shouldn't have lost that game at all yeah um, just before your bye week I got in trouble um, last week by Dan because I tried to skip over a Falcons game um, so I'm not going to do that <laughs> um, they actually probably won this yeah. one as well this wasn't just a technical moral victory just, <laughs> yeah we didn't won. win this one Technicality, we uh, yeah, we won it by 17 points. But mm-hmm. you know, going into that one, for me, that was going to be a tough one for us. I think the Vikings were, you know, I felt like they were better than your results had shown. We were obviously terrible as well. Um, so I didn't know which way it was going to go, really. And, I, you know, we just got rid of Dan Quinn. It quite surprised me, especially, I think, you know, what hurt you was you didn't score a point in the first half whatsoever. Um, you know, how did you see it? It was just another... Terrible performance. Yep. Um, we talked about it uh, in the build-up to it on, on the podcast and I'd said the last thing I wanted was for you to fire Dan Quinn before <laughs> that game because you could just see it. It happens all the time. You get that bounce back. Um, but at least I was thinking in all of these games, as the season panned out, you, you think, well, we, we can score points. That, that was never a problem. We Offence, fine. And against your D, I thought, well, we'll definitely put a big number up. Probably enough to win the game. So that game was just really bizarre. Yeah, I mean, that was one thing that I saw from the Vikings throughout the season. I know I mentioned it to Fred and Dan on a previous uh, podcast that we participated in for a short time. And the Vikings were a team that could score points but would give a ton up as well and it's just like you were always going to be chasing games or going into them in a shootout but it turned out to be sort of a season of two halves for you if you like another bye week wasn't back in the middle of the season for you but I mean one thing I saw earlier um, was Cousins in the first six weeks he threw 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and then after your bye week, you threw 23 touchdowns and only three interceptions. I mean, what sort of, before we cover the games, what do you think sort of was the cause for that change? I mean, dramatic improvement, wasn't it? It, it really was, yeah. Um, it, we were. We were a totally different team after the bye week. And you, you can only put so much of that down to having that extra week. I mean, the, everybody had the same disrupted um, pre-season. The his line has been a problem for as long as he's been there, and it was the guy before him's problem, and the guy before him. It's never been a strong suit of this team. Um, maybe it was just that extra bit of work. I don't know. Maybe it was a change in play calling, possibly. 
Um, it's I think it's quite simple when you look at him. You've, he's he's not mobile enough to to get out of trouble himself. So if you buy him time, he's pretty good. He'll do a job. Um, that's what we need those guys to do. Yeah, I think they sort of cousin. Um, sort of imagine that you know the first six weeks of the season that Vikings fans were sort of you know not thinking Cousins was going to be the guy, but after the bye week, he's probably shown that he could be the guy. It's again, it's been sort of a season of two halves for you as a team, but also for Cousins as well. Is that, I mean, how do you feel about it? <laughs> to be honest, it's it's a bit sort of uh, symbolic of his entire career. Um, <clears throat> I, I wrote a pretty long piece about him at the start of the season, about how he had a terrible, however many years, five or six years in Washington, bad teams for the length of his contract there. <clears throat> and this felt like the second half of his career coming to us. Um, he needs the pieces around him. It's as simple as that. You don't have, you know, non-stellar sort of quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. He, we can win with him, but he's never had all of those pieces around him that he needs. He seems to have quite a strange reputation uh, from mm. an outside perspective <laughs> as well. Like, you know, some people think he's okay. Other people think he's quite... Useless. He's actually got a split, a split view of him from an outside perspective. I, mean, I haven't really seen enough of him, but again, he doesn't sound like you've quite got your mind made up either. Well, maybe you have in the sense of if he's got pieces around him in protection, he's good. But you know, it's, uh, there's no no firm yes, he's good or no, he's rubbish. So by the way, really, he's really good. He's really good at one thing, Fred. He's the best at it. And he goes, takes a snap, and he goes, "Hey, Derek, take the ball." He's the best at it. He's mastered it. And that's the you know, the extra week, the bye week. It was time for him to practice it. I can see him and Derek walking down the road, just handing shopping bags or parcels or whatever it be to each other. The other thing, Andrew, I mean, we're at this point, we had a really similar we had a really similar um chat with the Chargers guy in the sense of two teams that have started really poorly. I mean, you guys actually achieved parity, didn't you? You got to six and six. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> I mean, is it a case of do you feel like there was something badly wrong? Well, same question, I guess. Something badly wrong from a coaching perspective. Something ability-wise that was lacking in those first six weeks. Because to go one and five, then six and six, you're not lacking ability, but at the same time, there's something's not there, is it? For one half map, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, it, I mean, defensively, we had so many problems. Missing Daniel Hunter was something we didn't know was going to happen. Um, and obviously he missed the entire season in the end. Um, the line isn't great, but the secondary was getting burned early season and they were very, they were all very inexperienced. Uh, we had Dantzler and Gladney who were drafted uh, rookies thrown straight in. We had Mike Hughes, who's maybe second or third year, but he can never get fit. Um, and you saw that the development those guys made, second half of the season was incredible. So you can see the talent straight away, but they just got thrown in with a bad preseason, which again, I know everybody had, but even worse for rookies. Um, and they were really up against it. You know, they got torched by the Packers week one, which must have been a right kicking for them. Um, but by the end of the season, they were kind of two standout players. You came out, you beat the Packers, didn't you, second time round in week yeah. eight? 
Yeah. After your bye week, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. a, week, a week of training, who knows what pre-season could do? Who knows what camp could do? But Yeah, I mean, those were going to be three, I mean, you know, three divisional games after your bye week and you get Cook back and he's firing on all cylinders and you go out and beat the Packers 28-22, the Lions 34-20 and um, the Bears 19-13. And, you know, at that point, are you thinking, you know, this could jumpstart our season absolutely yeah um still at that point you, the optimism's there and you think well we could we could sneak something and then you look at the fixtures and think oh it's dallas next and they haven't got dak and zeke's not playing very well you know we could sneak one there that that, that was another close game um which we were ahead in again um and we we gave we just left them too long. We left them too long. When you watch the game back, I think even though it was Dalton and not Dak, you you, you give a competent quarterback three minutes, you know, they're going to punish you for that. That's that's the one that looks like a kick in the teeth because he's beating the Packers, he's beating the Bears. Yeah, to you know, good sides there, and the Cowboys aren't a particularly good side, and that's pro- And then you go win two after that, don't you? You sort of. Mm-hmm. You're okay. You don't let that sort of deflate you, do you? I guess. No, we we uh, it it was a real kick because he kind of thought, right, well, that is it. Um, mm. Realistically, I mean, the, the the two games after that, Panthers and the Jags, they must have put ten years on me because they were they were so stressful. I mean, Panthers, we we beat them as a result of a missed field goal, and then we the Jags took us to overtime, which I don't know when the last did that to anyone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that. You must have been right. Well, I was saying you must have been torn in them two games. Just as to, do you win them or do you not? Because you're on the edge of the playoffs, but it's an outside chance of making it. Or do you take the the earlier pick? So running so close in both of those games, you must have been. Do we really want to win this or do we not? Make your mind up and commit one way or the other. Yeah, that's that's us all over. That we we can't even decide between being. Bad or good or quite good. It's just it's it's vintage for us that. Yeah, I mean that beating the Jags put you at five hundred at six and six, and you are still in the hunt for a playoff berth at that point. I mean, you know, you're looking at your your last four games, but you know, were you confident that you could sneak into the playoffs at that point? I mean, I know what Dan says. I mean, I found it myself this year when you know you'd love a early draft pick, but a great season as well. But I just find it impossible to sit down on a Sunday night and want my team to lose yeah. so I can get a better draft pick. I just mm. you know, I want to sit down and watch us, watch us win. Yeah, I, I am of that mindset, definitely. Um, I think I, reached, I, I was always optimistic, at, like I said, at the start of the season, and then I, it grew as we came back into it. But the, the manner in which we lost the games we did um, it always felt like a step too far against a certain calibre of team because we we weren't, although the guys in the set, the inexperienced guys in the secondary improved, we we were terrible against the run as well. Um, so it wasn't as if we could, you know, aim to contain a certain part of anybody's game. We were just bad at both. Yeah, I mean, the game after that is against Tampa Bay, who, you know, we're starting to, to find the feet. We don't like um, talking about them too much, but I don't mind it. You know, first, 
First quarter there, scoreless, nil-nil. Second quarter, Tampa put up 17 points, you put up six, 17-6 at half-time. Um, and then it's just a struggle from there. You don't put a point up in the fourth quarter either. So, um, again, I mean, how did you view that one? I'd forgotten about that game, to be honest, um, as, being, as being any different to any other loss. But I, I remember discussing it with James uh, on, on on the pod, who's a, who's a Bucks fan, and even he admitted that there was a couple of questionable calls in that game, uh, which I felt we came down the wrong side of. But it's not a game I would have expected us to win. Um, the the weapons, I, I was bigger on the books than most people last year, I think, uh, especially towards the end of the season. You you can't send that Vikings team into a game against Brady with those weapons and expect us to come out winning it. Yeah, so you were pretty high on them, like you said. I mean, did you see them as potential Super Bowl champions at that point? Um. Probably not, uh, not as champions, but uh, certainly as the playoffs went on, uh, I was the one kind of saying to James that I was more confident than, than he was, um, just because of the difference that he makes, that Brady makes when you get to that stage of the season. By the time it actually came to Super Bowl night, I did think it was just made for them, yeah. Yeah, so week after that, play the Bears again. Um you're at home. Still at that point, you have got the slightest chance, I think, of, of getting into the playoffs and lose 33-27. Um, is that the sort of time where you think, yeah, it's no playoffs for us this season and <laughs> look ahead? Yeah, that defeat made me think I was sacking the GM, I was sacking the coach, I was sacking everybody. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's, it's hard enough losing to a divisional rival, but the Bears, I mean, how many times did they score more than 30 points in the season? They, they, had, they had no offence and it just had to be us. Um, yeah, that's, that did sting a lot, that one. Yeah, and obviously then you had a, you know, the, the Saints put up a huge amount of points. We'll not put you talking through that one. Um, if you don't want to, we understand. <laughs> And then uh, managed to beat the Lions, and you know you finish with a seven and nine record. And mm. um, what sort of season is that for you? Disappointing, expected? How did you view it? Yeah, uh, I, I was disappointed by it. <clears throat> a lot of people I spoke to said they they weren't surprised by it when they saw the business that we did um, prior to the season starting. We we did lose a lot of. Um, experienced heads. I didn't think talent-wise we were losing a great deal. Um, Andrew, just something I want to ask you, just while you talk about that, is obviously losing Stefan Diggs and then Diggs mm. having the season he went and had with Josh Allen by his side, who prior to the season you wouldn't have fancied to have the season he did either. Um, how did that make you feel as a, a Vikings fan? Oh, terrible. Terrible. I, I don't cope well with that kind of thing. Um it, I mean, he is super talented, don't mm. get me wrong, but he, it was, I think it was the manner in which he left with, that put a lot of people off, kind of enjoying his then success. He, he made a lot of noise while he, while he was with us and he, he sort of, he was very quick to turn on people and very quick to go public with his criticism and 
there's definitely an element of getting rid of a, a bad apple, maybe, um, despite how talented he is. You didn't find a bad replacement, though, did you? No, absolutely. What's um, a gem? Yeah, he, he's surpassed expectations for season one. Um, you know, he, he was slow to get going, not through any fault of his own. We just weren't using him, um, letting him sort of bed in. But yeah, he's uh, he's pretty special. Yeah, well, he seems a perfect foil to Thielen as well. Thielen for me is one of the, the, the most underrated wide receivers. The job he does for the team is so dependable. Um, he's he's there consistently. Um, and sometimes teams can get two similar players. Or but Jefferson and Thielen just seems to give you both facets to the to the offense that you need. Yeah. Good find. Yeah, I mean, there are some bright spots, aren't there? Like Dalvin Cook, 1,557 yards on 312 attempts, 16 touchdowns. All three of those are ranked second in the league. And then, as Dan's just alluded to, we're just in Jefferson. He's the fifth wide receiver taken in the draft, but outperformed everybody else. 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. Both those players are going to be a huge part in any success the Vikings have in the future, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's always question marks over Cook with with his injuries, but I, mean, I think he went out once in that season. I think he may have. I think he went out mid game, and I may have missed a get a full game when there was probably nothing to play for. But um, keeping him fit is is everything. And uh, another season, another proper preseason under Jefferson's belt can only be a good thing as well. Yeah, any other bright spots amongst your team? Obviously, those two are two big ones, aren't they? But any any other thing parts of the team that you're excited about? Yeah, I think um, I think we we waited a season longer than we expected for Irv Smith to kind of break out. There's a lot of uh, hope on him, especially now with Rudolph going. Um, so we're pretty set at a tight end. Um, and like I said earlier, the two the two young guys, cornerbacks, who who made massive strides by the end of the season. There's still a lot of talent with those two as well. Yeah, so free agency has officially started. I don't know what officially means when we've been hearing about signings for the last week. <laughs> <laughs> and what difference that makes, I'm not sure. But um talk us through free agency, what's it like for the Vikings? Anything that you've you've heard out there, any rumours that you like, any rumours that you dislike? Um, it's not been as busy as a lot of other teams. We we picked up uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, which is sounds like I'm told is a very nice pickup from the Giants. Um, him and uh, Michael Pierce paired up should be a lot better. Should leave us in a better position stopping the run game. Um, we've brought a couple of people back. We brought Stephen Weatherly back uh, more as a you know, he's not going to be a starter. He's not going to be playing every week, but he's an option as a defensive end. But apart from that, it's pretty quiet. They're still in. They're still in the market for another um, defensive end. I, I, that's what I'm reading. But um, not huge amount of money to spend. I. Yeah, I think you ranked um, pretty lowly on sacks last year, didn't you? I think you're in the high twenties. So obviously, pass rushes one area that you feel like you need to improve. Massive, yeah. And you uh, traded really, you traded for a really good pass rusher last season, right? And then traded him away. It's yeah. <laughs> so season, the, the high of going, hey, no, he's not. It didn't work, did it? Um, 
apparently, as I read earlier this week, it was um, it was a trial. It was almost a trial. Give me uh, if it works, then we'll look at pursuing a long term deal. But uh, five sacks in the six games that he played, but. Uh, biggest one of the biggest problems we weren't getting pressure to the quarterback um that needs addressing and hunter sat out the full year so we were we struggled there so other than pass rush what else do the vikings need to improve on uh it looks like we're look we're in the market for a safety as well uh Keanu Neal is the name that's been thrown about, uh, which would be nice. Um, I'm a massive fan of Harrison Smith. I think he's still one of the top dogs. Um, Anthony Harris, not so much. I'm surprised if he stays. I am surprised. Uh, We tagged him last year and he was terrible, um, despite being pretty good before that. So that's an area they want to address as well. I actually think we could do with a another wide receiver. I think, you know, Thielen's 31 now, I think, and we don't really have a third option uh, should anything happen. Chad Beebe. Yeah, Chad, who, yeah, for everyone he catches, he yeah. drops. Um, he's kind of hanging yeah, he's around. not someone to depend upon, is it? Yeah, we can't seem to get rid of Chad. God love him. Um and Beasy Johnson's not that guy either, so I do I do think there's something to be done there as well. Yeah, with Keanu Neal, I mean, obviously just left the Falcons. I mean, you know, I love him. You know, I'd love to have have kept him. Cap space is you know crippled us in that sense, and he had, did have two seasons ravaged by injury in 2017 and 2018, where you know at that stage, two injuries, which you know potentially could have ended his career, but, you know, he had a half-decent season last year and, you know, he is a he is a good safety, just, you know, beyond the what we could have offered him. Um, but, I mean, I think he'll be a great fit for any team that, that goes out there and picks him up. And, you know, based on the cap situation this year, and he has had an injury-free year, but the other two big injuries he's had not too long ago might be able to get him relatively, relatively team-friendly as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep an eye on that because I think it was five or six teams that were kind of sniffing around. So, yeah, yeah, I saw that, and uh, yeah, obviously quite a bit of interest in him. Um, Is it about time you look for a younger quarterback coming in, not to play necessarily, but as a cover now because that's thirty-two. Yeah, um, I don't think it'll happen this year. Um, because I think there's too many, maybe too many other positions um, to address, certainly with the, with the higher picks. Well, we did take quarterback last year as well, with about mm. 230 <laughs> seconds, never been seen again. So They're the ones that work out, mate. Brady, yeah, well. Rogers, Drew Brees, they're the, they're the ones that work out. They're, they're the ones that are grateful to be there, and they're the ones that put the effort in so we get better. <laughs> You never know. He's going to win six wing rings, is what we're saying. Yeah, I'm sure think... Adam takes six rings right now. <laughs> it it definitely does need to happen. I, I don't think it'll happen this year, but obviously it's it's something they've got to be mindful of. Unless they really, really like somebody this year, and then they go all in for it and and sit him maybe. 
behind Kirk for a year. Thanks. Next year's draft class isn't looking too deep at quarterback, is it? So I think there'll be a lot of teams this year in either quarterback needing now or in a similar position to yourself that so doesn't want to wait till next year that goes, let's get one of these, I don't know, was there seven, maybe eight viable prospects that could fill that, that role? Going to end up with Ian Butker. Well, I don't know what the plan is because we we seem to be addressed. The, the biggest needs in the for for additions are, are on the edge, uh, on the line. So we've already added a tackle. We're kind of sniffing around a, a defensive end. So I'm part of me is thinking, okay, are they trying to address those with short term, cheaper additions and saving their picks for something else? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, like with Kirk Cousins, I mean, he's not really old, is he? Like, 32 was, you know, it's not like 42. I mean, there's still... He's 32, years. Rob. No, what, sorry? He's 32. You're trying to say 32 is not that old? Well, I'm 32 next month, so I'm trying to stay... <laughs> <laughs> um, 32 is washed up, mate. <laughs> Pass it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's not like you look at some of the quarterbacks that are still here and playing in the league as starters in the late 30s, early 40s. And I don't think the question is, is Kirk too old? It's The question's more like, is he the man to, mm. to keep taking it forward? Yeah, I mean, I can't remember who I was talking about this with, but he has been franchise tagged twice in his career. So reading about the, the, the tag rules, if he were to be tagged for a third time, it, it adds on 25% of his final year's val, uh, contract, which is, it just doesn't bear thinking about. So, uh, you know, as much as I don't mind Kirk, I also don't want to see us explore that option either. When this deal is done, it needs to be done. You're in this really odd it's position lost as well, right? Well, you can't Sorry, be sure but... you're going to do much better, though. Do you know what I mean? This is the problem. <laughs> you know, you see... <coughs> He's not bad, but not great. And you can't, you know, you, you could end up with with quarterbacks who are, who aren't very good, you know, or genuinely can't throw very well and have, you know, maybe half or maybe one string to their bow. Whereas Kirk, with the right protection, can do a job, can't he? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's it's the the, the finances. The the contract has been the thing that's hung over him since he joined and that's essentially what he's judged against unfortunately then moving on to the draft you're picking at number 14 mm. got any player in mind which you hope is still there that you can snap up well I think the, the general uh, consensus is either people want to see Quiddy Pay uh, from Michigan or Gregory Russo they're the two that would address that need that we have. I think outside of them, I'm not sure that I think it, there's a big drop off in that position outside of those two. So if they're gone for any reason, we might look elsewhere. Um, though either of those two would be nice. Uh, maybe if Darasaw the tackle falls to us, could be an option. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a there's a cornerback or a safety in there because Zimmer loves collecting them up. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, on the edge rushes, I mean, you know, looking at like Rizou, I was looking like being in and around top 
10 just on the basis that he opted out mm. last season. But I think he's slightly dropping down the boards a bit. So, I mean, you know, he could quite be there for you to, to grab. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rick Spielman loves this time. He loves a draft. He really does. He loves collecting his picks up. And uh, But I did read that he hasn't... Uh, he hasn't taken a defensive end before round three in 15 years. So it would be a first. Yeah, and obviously the second, second round of the draft, you've not got a pick, I don't think. You've Your pick's <laughs> with a jack. So, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to get back in there with, with I think we've got... Something like twelve picks. Um, we we got two compensatory picks to add to what we already have, so I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to worm his way back into round two. Yeah, and um, I mean, how how could you do that? Would you use those extra picks? You think could you possibly move back in round one? I suppose is move is moving up in round one. Is that out of the question? If there's someone that they really like. Um, I could see us moving back, not not moving up. Um, to be honest, doesn't seem like the kind of thing that he does. Yeah, cool. And what does good look like for the Vikings next year? Everything goes to plan for you. You have a good free agency. You have a good draft. But hopefully a preseason. What are you hoping for, wins wise? Um, I'm trying to keep my. I'm trying to be my best um, <clears throat> unbiased self. I, <laughs> seven wins. Away, mate. I I would be wanting nine, nine wins at That's least. The most conservative we've heard, isn't it? <laughs> Even yeah, the be, Jets were going to win. Yeah, nine the games. Cowboys are getting fifteen or something. I think. Yeah. <laughs> As a minimum, that would be. Um, you know, and if if I'm always mindful of fitness and stuff, and there's question marks around Hunter still whether he's even staying. If we lose him, then I don't know. But if we get him back fit and Cooks fit, yeah, nine or ten wins at least. And a playoff run with that. Yeah, I think I think we need to be. Um, we need to get back in there, and because I think if we don't. Then maybe there'll be questions asked about the coach's position. Definitely, we've lost. We've changed defensive coordinator again for the fourth time in four seasons. Um, I don't know. Zimmer's position might not be that safe either if we don't do something this time. Yeah. Brad, Dan, any final questions, Randy? All good. But no. I'm okay. Yeah. Before we finish, Andy, if you want to plug yourself on Twitter or anywhere else and plug outside the huddle where people can, you know, find you if they want to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you don't mind, gentlemen. Yeah, we're uh, part of a podcast called Outside the Huddle. Um, you can find us on Twitter, and uh, we put out one minimum one pod a week, so it's on all the major platforms. Check it out. Yeah. Well, that's great. Very good. Thanks. I had some. Yeah, there's a great guy on there called uh, called James. I think. Insightful, <laughs> knowledgeable, really good guy. Who is he support, Dan? 
might be Tampa. Not sure. He's all right. I think that's a good place <laughs> to wrap this up, I think. So, yeah. Andy, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, best of luck for next season. Cheers, Jay.